You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Morning WA, this is the World Football Programme. My name is Sean Kelly and I'll be with you for the next two hours. Thanks to Frank and Jerry and another wonderful Celtic Ramblings programme. And in two hours, Lenny will be back with the Jazz Show. Joining me in the studio this morning is the A-League stats man himself, Peter Skeeler. Pete, good morning, how are you? Good morning. I'm not sure about that title. I think Andrew Howe might have something to say about that. Ah, look, Andy's not here, is he? So who cares, you know? You're our stats, man. That's all that really matters. Okay, I'll, I'll wear that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, a bit going on in and around the world. Um, so today in action, we have the Perth Glory ladies at Wellington at 12. They, Yep, we do. Yep, and the boys are playing the Jets at 2pm, both very um, important games for the club. Um, there's also, I see a thing about Jacob Douse leaving us at the end of the season. Yeah, unfortunately, heading back to Newcastle. Um, so it sounds like he he maybe might be a bit homesick. I knew he's a new, I know he's a Newcastle lad. So yeah, which is a pity because he's certainly uh, fantastic for the glory. Oh, look, he's done done very well for us. It's just a shame to see him go. It seems to be, you know, we, we seem to lose players more than we keep them. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And did you see in a ladies game with Sporting Lisbon and Benfica was the first ever white card issued? No. What's a white card? I know nothing about it. Oh, this. lots of people say, oh, what's the white card? The white card is a fair play um, card. So in the particular game that was playing, someone collapsed on one of the benches. Both teams' medics went and attended to this person and the referee had picked that up while he was on the park and, um, yeah, issued them with a, a white card. And what does that mean? Fair play. So I guess um, FIFA tournaments often use um, <clears throat> yellow cards 
uh, as a tiebreaker if the teams are even on points and even on goal difference. He's saying a white card would sort of count like that as well, like sort of cancel out a yellow card? I don't think it'll cancel out anything. Yeah. I think it just counts to, you know, the, the fair play awards that they have in, in um, competition. Okay. This, I've not heard of this at all. No? <coughs> but I'm surprised. I'm, I'm looking it up now. Yeah. Oh, cool. Something about WorkSafe approved. All right. I think, I think, I think <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia Look, needs there to... Is, there yeah. is a white card for, for building trades, yeah. etc. So, yeah, I get that one. Um, and, of course, the big news today is the MPL starts today. So there'll be a full round of fixtures for the MPL and the Australia Cup, not the FFA Cup, the Australia Cup now. Which leads into the FFA Cup. So Yeah, of course it does. You know, but it is part of it. Yeah, it is part of it. But the good thing here is we've got a number of teams from the regions who are joining us in this competition. Um, and we'll be talking to one of them later on. And that's good to see. Yeah. So, look, in the show today, we're going to be talking to um, Abid... I'm in from FIFA about the um, FIFA World Cup and the volunteers and that were needed or needed to run the games in Perth. Um, we'll find out what his role is and just what sort of things are needed and how you can get involved in the games. Um, then we're going to talk to Luke Johnston, who is the um, TD from FMR, which is Football Margaret River. Yep. They're involved in one of the Australia Cup games today and we'll be talking to him about his club and you know what it means for them to be in, in the Australia Cup, but also Margaret River, um, home of Tash Rigby. So um, yeah, they're bringing up a team of girls as well, I believe. So we'll see how that goes. I thought you were going to say you're hoping, up that they're hoping they bring up a few red wines as well. Well, that was always in the car. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we have Steve Nelkoski. Steve was with us about five years ago um, talking about their five-year plan, so we'll talk to him about that and how yeah. well that's gone. Yeah. And then we'll finish off with um, Greg Farrell from WA Futsal, who is he's a manager there, but also the WA Football, Futsal as sponsor of the club. So always good to catch up with Greg on a number of um, areas of women's football. So... Subiaco, Matildas, and the um, obviously the futsal world. Yep. yep. So he's good in all those areas. So we're going to go to a break very shortly, and we'll be back after that with the um, with Abidamin. But I suppose we could go through the fixtures for the NPL today. We could indeed. So uh, actually, it kicked off last night. I don't yes, have a result, but Bayswater I do. Sorrento. I do. Bayswater one, yep. Sorrento four. Steve McGarry's first game in charge, and yeah, they've had a good win. Yep, excellent. Uh, and coming up uh, this afternoon, then we've got the Southern Derby between Armadale and Coburn. Uh, Perth are hosting Perth Red Star. Balcatta Etna are at home against Perth Glory. Inglewood United away to Florida Athena, and Sterling Macedonia hosting the aforementioned. Olympic Kingsway. Mm. Yeah, a couple of good, good big games there. The I think the the game between um, Armadale and Coburn will be very interesting. Yep, uh, especially because over, you know, generally speaking, Coburn was the more successful of the two sides. But I think that's kind of turned around a bit. It hurts me a little bit to say that, but yeah. it has turned around a little bit over the last few years. Uh, Armadale Co- feeling fitting, um, finishing a bit higher on the table. Yeah, but with Coburn Spearwood looking at the. Um, Second division for the A-League. I I would be in shock if that was to eventuate. The, the only ones from WA, if you want to be true I, I in know, national competition. I know that, but yeah. I would just... Uh, then again, I'd said the same thing about Qatar hosting a World Cup, so yeah, what would well, I know? But they could also be replaced by a team from New Zealand. Yeah, they could be. Yeah. yeah. Christchurch or someone like that, yeah. you know? They could be, yeah. Yeah. 
All righty, we'll be back after this break. Oh, don't relax, I want elbows and backs, I want to see everybody from behind. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Hi, I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening into the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle, and we appreciate you tuning in. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Oh, we're off to a great start here, because... <laughs> yeah, well, you did. You don't always get people on the on the phone, so that's live radio for you. And normally, to be honest, it's normally when I'm on with Hugh that we don't get the people on. We, ah, you know, well, it's you your normally fault. don't no, have this problem. It's you then. Okay. The common thing. Um, yeah. One of the other things we didn't pick on, uh, pick up on in the news was the A League expansion has been announced. Yep. And the two teams they've announced were Hope, uh, sorry, Canberra, Canberra, and Auckland, and Auckland. So obviously, I think. I think everyone would be fairly unanimously positive about Canberra. Uh, they've got a team in the Women's makes League. perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, it's the nation's capital. Uh, we obviously, back in the old NSL days, there was the Canberra Cosmos in the league. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the, the new Canberra can be a bit more successful um, than the Cosmos were. Do they, do they change their name? Do they... I think they should line up with the women's team. Yeah. So Canberra United, keep the, keep the kit. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I would hate the, to see the branding. Two separate teams, the branding's yeah. already there, isn't it? Exactly, so it, make, yeah. it would make perfect sense for them to do that. Yeah. Um, rather than the, you know the Canberra Capitals or something like that. I don't <laughs> no, know. No, no, please no, <laughs> no. Um, but Auckland is the one that's raised a few eyebrows. Yeah. Um, a lot of people. One one, of, I one am of one the of two them. hosts. I am um, one of them. Yeah, yes. Yeah, have a problem with um, a team from New Ze- a second team from New Zealand being added to the league. Um, well, I had a problem with the first team being added, but then, you know. Yep. I oh, look, I... I... Oh, don't relax. Ooh, what's happening there? Look at that. Uh, I, I don't have a huge problem with it. Yep. Uh, as I said, um, we, we were actually had it up on the Facebook page. It does... To me, it makes... Like, the suggestion was, why not put a Hobart team in? And I'd love to see a Hobart team in as well, don't get me wrong. Mm. But if you've got the choice about... Between putting a team in a city of 1.6 million or a state of 600,000 people, the 1.6 million probably makes better sense from a business perspective. Yeah, I'll look at, yeah. 
I think there are there's some good things and some bad things. Personally, for me, um, A-League is about developing Australian players, um, hopefully for the, um, the men's soccer side and, you know, similar for the, the women's side to be for the Matildas. Yep. And really, all of those teams that are in the A-League men's should also be fielding an A-League women's side. Yep, yep. Um, no, no arguments there. Yeah. But I, I just don't see it working when you, you go into another nation. And we talked about this before the show, about teams that play in other countries. Um, and it's an impressively long list. People may be surprised just how many yeah. countries, uh, sorry, how many clubs play in different countries. There's, look, there's English teams playing in Scotland or currently or previously, uh, Scottish teams playing in England, English in Wales, Wales in England. And, and like you said, they're normally at the lower levels. Um, and sort of, you know, clubs that are along the border. Um, Derry City are from Northern Ireland, yet play and won the uh, the Irish League. Um, there's Austrian teams in Switzerland, uh, sorry, uh, Austrian teams in Germany. Um, FC Andorra plays in Spain. There's there's a mighty, mighty long list. Uh, Wellington is the unique one in that they are the only team playing across conferences, although... It is worth mentioning that the French Cup is open to all um, clubs from French territories as well, which does mean that if New Caledonia, like the winning How club... How terribly French of them. The cup winner from New Caledonia <laughs> yeah. will actually play in the French Cup. And I believe I did look it up. Theoretically, if Numia United or whoever they were was to win, progress their way yep. through the French Cup and win and beat, you know, Paris Saint-Germain and everyone else on the way through, they would qualify for the European Champions League, even though they're based in um, New Caledonia. That's all very interesting. But right now, I'm I'm interested right. in the Women's World Cup. Let's and go. Uh, joining us in the studio or on the line now is um, Abid Amin from <coughs> FIFA who is the workplace, uh, workforce and volunteer coordinator for FIFA. So, good morning, Abid. How are you? Uh, good morning to you and the listener. Great to be on the show. Yeah, um, so your role is the workforce um, planner and or workforce and volunteer coordinator for the, the, the FIFA Women's World Cup, um, and particularly your interest at the moment is for Perth. Um, can you tell me just a little bit more about your role and what it, what it actually entails? Yeah, so um, uh, I've got the great honour, uh, being from Perth for Lou, to support the uh, local FIFA subsidiary, um, FIFA Women's World Cup, to help um, grow and promote and coordinate um, our volunteer program through the FIFA volunteer program for the tournament. So we're looking for volunteers right now um, to support and get an opportunity to have a behind-the-scenes glimpse at the world's biggest sporting event this year. And it, it's so exciting that Perth Ballou gets to be part of this tournament. Um, you know, we've got five games out of the 64 here at the Perth Rectangular Stadium. And we're going to have a volunteer workforce of about 500, um, which is really exciting and great opportunity for people to uh, who are different motivations to get involved in the tournament. So mm. that's what we're very much uh, immersed in right now with recruitment and answering a lot of questions in the community and, and helping people get on board. So so what sort of roles and what sort of skill sets are required? Because um, I was, imagine people are sitting at home going, oh, what, what can I do? But there's obviously a whole range of things that you need people to do for the, for the World Cup. Absolutely. And the beauty of it is there's 
25 functional areas and around 30 different roles. So it suits a lot of different um, interests and motivations. I know there's university students, people who love football, people that just want to give back to this great tournament. Um, so I won't list off all the different roles, but we've got yeah. opportunities to be involved in the media, broadcasting, the marketing, team services, competition management. So you can be quite close to how the operation runs in terms of on the field of play and, and those types of things. It's quite interesting and broad, so um, I definitely recommend people head to fifa.com slash volunteers, and that's where the team have put together some really um, some really helpful videos and position descriptions which go into more depth. Um, so that's where our online application is as well, and yep. uh, people fill in their preferences, their host city, and that's when they get a... Um, invitation to do an online group conversation or interview and that's where our team get to meet you online and get to know about your interests and and we go from there so it's a really smooth process and um yeah definitely recommend that fifa.com slash volunteers link to find out more about the different roles now i imagine this will bring in people from all over the world who've got an interest in the game are you looking for people with um Lingual skills, so, you know, different languages. Um, you know, we've got a team coming in from Denmark and well, Ireland, but, yeah. Um, are you looking for people with those sorts of language skills as well? Yeah, it always helps. Um, it's always useful to have those skills. And as we know, football being the global game, uh, many languages spoken and all the different teams from around the world, which is really exciting. Uh, but uh, at the moment, we're also prioritising our Australia and New Zealand residents. So... Um, you know, the interviews right now uh, for the next couple of weeks are solely focused on that cohort. So we can give, and we talk about legacy of the tournament as well, uh, giving our, our local football community, sports-loving community, people who want to help this tournament, the opportunity to get involved, especially as the first time Australia and New Zealand uh, get to co-host the tournament of this scale. So that's our biggest priority. But we know that there will be interest from around the world of uh, yeah. volunteers as well. People that like to travel and, and be part of the FIFA events and uh, all the different men's, women's, underage World Cups as well. So, um, yeah, that's something we'll, we'll be offering too. But uh, definitely for our local football community, there's been really good reception so far. It's been great to see so many people from, and I know you're very involved as well in uh, our WA football community, but people from clubs and uh, presidents and committee members. It's been really nice to see. Uh, them get involved. I know that the season's about to start and there's so much going on with getting your teams out on the field and as I look out um, on the pitch right now, there's my local club got their junior program. Yep. Um, I know that our volunteers are so valued and but this is such a once in a lifetime opportunity and i got to say, like being involved in the program and seeing how it's running this will be a really fun volunteer program and really rewarding one as well with yep. some of the the perks you get, like the Adidas uniform and hmm. the training and, and how we look after you too. Yeah, I, look, I think it's very important. And I, I know you say once in a lifetime. I, I prefer to use the term first in a lifetime <laughs> because I would hope <laughs> that we get a men's World Cup as well. I mean, yeah. we, we haven't had one in Australia. And I think, you know, with the, the way the nation's progressing, um, it will happen one day, hopefully in my lifetime. But there should be an opportunity, I think, the... Um, the para, uh, teams are playing in a World Cup here as well. I think that was announced during the week. But there, there's lots of opportunities. And I think when you look back at Sydney, 
um, which is still regarded as being one of the best Olympics um, to be held, largely because of the amount of volunteers it had. You've got Brisbane uh, coming up for um, another one. So we've got you know, lots of opportunities for people to show and showcase Australia and what it can do. And the strength of this is, is the volunteer bases that we have involved in those competitions. Uh, you put it so well. Um, absolutely correct. And it's a big decade of sport for Australia. With uh, We know the Olympic Games in Brisbane in uh, 2032 and the Horizon and Com Games and different World Cups. And, you know, when we can put our best foot forward as Australia and New Zealand in the football um, in the football side of things, this will be a great opportunity to show the world that Australia can run these FIFA events, a safe pair of hands, so to speak. And, uh, and then hopefully we can dream that those other events can come to fruition as well. So that's why this, this tournament in the next few months uh, is, is so key to us. For We know the legacy, we know the opportunities that will come out of the participation base that will grow, um, hopefully infrastructure investments as well, that which we're seeing from the government. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that's speaking more broadly. But from this volunteer perspective, I think that's also a really key one. Uh, Abid, one of the one of the questions is uh, I've got is if you've got tickets for the games, so you so you're already planning on going to the games. Is there still a a role where you could be volunteering, or is it a case of like the volunteer positions are all sort of around the matches? So you know, if you're going to a game, you're not going to be able to be standing at the front, guiding people around as well. Or are there? Yeah, it's a really good question. Yeah, it's a great question, which uh, we do get a bit. And uh, to answer that one. It depends on your role. So when you look at the, as discussed, um, when you go on to the, the platform and have a look at the different roles, there there are specific positions that are non-match day related. Okay. So if you're working at a team base camp, for instance, your shifts would most likely, and that they're most likely going to be non-match day. Yep. And that's the planning at the moment. So if you do have tickets and one of those avid uh, followers of the game, which I understand, and we're <laughs> all very excited and have our tickets here, um, yeah, you, you can look at those roles uh, and you're more than welcome to get in touch with me and I can go into, um, you know, what are your schedules looking like? You know, I'm doing that with quite a few volunteers locally here. So happy to do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, quite a few of our roles are match day, though. Yeah. So uh, that's where, you know, you're, you're starting uh, maybe, you know, a few hours before kickoff and then after kickoff as well. So it's focused on those types of things. But it's so broad that we've got a few different days and, and timings that are um, on the shifts as well. Okay. And I suppose the other thing is there's lots of people who'd be listening who go, yeah, but, you know, is it for me? And particularly um, people with disabilities, um, you know, there's lots of people who've got mobility issues, wheelchair-bound or whatever. There, there'd be roles for um, everyone, I would imagine. Uh, absolutely. You know, it's one of the core tenets of this tournament. It's the inclusivity and accessibility, sustainability, which is really important. Uh, and, and even volunteers that I've met already who are, um, have accessibility requirements, we're working really closely with them and, and through the process of how they get on board and, and us getting to know what, what's required to support their journey, uh, that's really important. So that is absolutely, we're very welcoming with open arms people who um, want to get involved. And this is a great yeah. way to meet new people and broaden the network mm. and, and show that anyone can be involved in this World Cup. And, and there's also a story from the playoff tournament. Uh, a lady who has um, vision impairment brought her guide dog and the team were able to give the guide dog a, a volunteer uniform as well. <laughs> so that's on the, on the FIFA website, on the global platform. So I'm, I'm yeah, surprised that the stories are beautiful. 
Yeah, no, it was, it's great the referees are getting involved as well. <laughs> um, Look, looking at the website right now, I'm guessing the role you're yeah. talking about there would be the mobile assistance volunteer. So, yeah, yeah there really is uh, something for anyone can could go into. And I'm just thinking, you know, with the current economic climate and um, anyone out there in Clubland will tell you that getting hold of volunteers is very, very difficult. Um, and you, you said the response is good. Is it as, as good as you would hope for or could it be a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, I'm really happy to say that Perth Ballou is doing fantastically well. We're, we're close to reaching uh, the threshold, like 100%. Yeah. Uh, we've already reached 100%, but we're also aiming for a little bit more. So the next couple of weeks, we just want to leave no stone unturned so that people know that this is an uh, opportunity to get really close to the action I know that, uh, you know, when you get to July, August and the tournament started, you think, oh, how can I get involved with this? But right now, this is the time to yeah. you know, put your best foot forward and join us um, before the opportunity is gone. And, uh, yeah, you'll be kicking yourself. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah that, that's a big message. And I suppose, look, some of these roles aren't front of house. And as you said, they're, they're not game day orientated. So there would be an opportunity to be involved um, prior to, to matches and, and prior to the, the tournament kicking off. So even if you did have a ticket to the game, there'd be roles from, what, two, three weeks out from the tournament? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's a lot of operations starting around that timeline and, and different opportunities as well. We've got, uh, we know there's a trophy tour happening yeah. uh, when the trophy comes to WA and uh, things like uniform distribution, lots of different op- opportunities, operations that are happening. And the volunteers that I've been working with a bit closer, uh, FIFA volunteers, uh, those those ones who put their hand up, well, definitely they'll be, um, they'll, hopefully we can call upon them and, and work with them as well. So, And, and I know your question before was about, uh, yeah, the football community has, has voted with their feet as well, which has been good. But I've seen there's been volunteers from other other spheres of life who really wanted to get involved in this tournament and and through through this this will be a great way to showcase football and opportunities to get involved with their local club after the tournament and it's something that will promote and, and encourage you know um, you know that we, we definitely want to see that growth in football and say hey you know that your local club is down the road and uh, would you love to join them? And that, that can be on the table as well afterwards. Mm. Yeah, look, there is so much that people can do and it's not all around the, the game day experience. There's, as you said, um, pre-tournament, pre-match, post-match. So there are still a lot of things that you can be involved in um, that would still keep you involved with the game itself. But, you know, the, there is, as you said, a, a myriad of jobs that are, uh, need people to do them. Absolutely. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I've looked at the roles, and I think they're all really interesting. You know, it depends on your interest in particular. I know for yeah. university students, if you're studying journalism, you might want to be closer to the media action. And if you love football and live and breathe it, then you might want to get closer to the teams and the whole team services and competition management side of things is interesting. And, and I mentioned sustainability earlier. And yeah. And that is uh, an area where we have roles as well. So yeah, right. look, I know someone not more than four feet away from me that's got an interest in statistics. <laughs> so, they, you know, uh, I imagine there'd be a role there for Pete. Um, and then there's, you know, other sides of it with, um, I know you'd have very strict security, but there are uh, peripheral security um, environments that you can get involved in. Um, and, you know, people that are involved in emergency management would also be a, a, a good, good uh, fit for you as well. Yeah, that's it. So spectator services and the wayfinding is a really important one because 
we know the stadium will have um, we'll have a lot of guests who are new from yeah. around the world coming in, and uh, being a friendly, smiling face, uh, helping people out with how to get through. And if you know the stadium well and the training that we provide, uh, that will that would be a really good role for for people. And we saw with the men's World Cup in Qatar, they have uh, they sit on the the tennis chairs, the t- tennis referee yeah. chairs, or they've got the big uh, the big hands that help people uh, help guide people and. Uh, sometimes they became a viral sensation with some of the videos yeah. of how they were warmly greeting the, uh, the the customers. So, yeah, lots of ways to get involved in that. FIFA.com slash volunteers is a good Actually, way to have a look at the list. I think Pete knows where every bar is, so if people are struggling to find a bar, they could just go to the man who's dressed as a big big jug of beer and... <laughs> direct them to the, the nearest watering station. All right, Abid, thank you very much for your time. Um, you've already mentioned how to get involved. I think Pete's already put that up on our, our web page. Yep. Um, so if we can, we'll, we'll get that out there through the electronic media and uh, hopefully uh, we run a very successful um, five games here in Perth. Yeah, thank you so much for your, uh, for your support of the tournament and really hope we ramp up that uh, excitement and momentum and we feel it with the the different launches, the unity pitch that has happened, the host city posters. I uh, really want to encourage people to not just look at the volunteer opportunity, but secure your tickets before they run out. And uh, 11th of April is the next date, uh, 100 days to go, which is when the tickets will come out, the final last-minute sales phase, and that's where you can make sure you've got your, your ticket to history, which will be amazing, the five games here in our, our home stadium here in Perth, Borloo. But a big thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Abid Amin, who is with FIFA and he is the workplace and volunteer coordinator for the World Cup in Perth. So if you think you want to get involved um, and you don't know what sort of skills they're after, give it a go. There's a lot. There's a lot to pick from. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get into it. So that would be... um, Worthwhile experience, I think. Yeah, there was the oh, one of them I looked at was uh, the FIFA making sure that there was the FIFA branding was okay. So I assume that's if someone's set up a little stand out the front selling things, you you get to flip the table over and start busting some heads or something. Um, I don't oh, know if, yeah, if but then you, you might get some that. of these people who work in the mines with FIFA on them. You're going, oh, you can't wear that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yeah, no, look, there's there's all sorts of roles for you, and it said no matter what your skill set. Um, you talked already about someone who was vision impaired. Yeah, you know, don't let limitations stop you. There is something there for everyone. Absolutely. All right. Um, Oh, now we're finishing off about the Auckland New Zealand. Um, yeah, so um, yeah. so Auckland Auckland being added to the league as well, uh, and one of the criticisms that will come up was obviously we've had an Auckland team in the A League before in the yeah. form of the New Zealand Knights, um, and they were a dismal failure. Yeah, um, which is we can only hope so. Interestingly enough, why Wellington's logo is the Phoenix was mm. because they were reborn from the ashes of Auckland. Um, I feel that Auckland the New Zealand Knights, I should say, get a bit of a bum rap at times because they were woeful on the pitch, yeah. uh, which translated to being woeful off the pitch as well. But their first ever home game, so A-League was brand new and shiny. Mm-hmm. They got um, 9,800, a crowd of 9,800 to the game, yeah. which, you know, yes, if you look at their overall average, they're averaging two or 3,000, but that's because they were terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and Look, the potential's there. Yeah, that, that's sort of what yeah. I'm getting at. I, I remember at the time some of the discussion online as well was that North Harbour Stadium where they played 
was a bit of an iffy one to get to. It's not sort of easily accessible. Um, yeah. Maybe some Kiwis are listening and might be going, well, I won't try to do the accent, but say, I don't know what he's talking about. But I yeah. do remember there was some discussion that it, it wasn't sort of like NIB is in Perth where it's in the middle of the city. It was sort of out of the city and, you know, awkward like to get to. Macedonia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, if you're from South of the River, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, look, uh, I think, you know, for me, I'm still opposed uh, and I prefer to, to be making it more of an Australian competition. Yep. But uh, I, I understand why they've done it from that perspective. And I think if you look at the team from, from Hobart, there is nothing in Hobart at the moment. True. Um, and they need a bit of time to build something. Um, and the other team that, that seems to be the bridesmaid all the time now is Wollongong, who yes. were a powerhouse yep. in the NSL yep. days. But, I mean, we've got this national second division coming yeah. in. Um, I would absolutely love to see South to Hobart, yeah, yeah, South Hobart joining that, Wollongong joining that. Coburn. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd be pinching myself, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, and, and I agree, that's where they ultimately need to be coming from. Now, they're talking also about, you know, then further expansion and taking the A-League up to mm. 16 teams. I'd, I'd like to think that they could get the National Second Division up and running. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone knows in advance. Maybe well, it's not the very first season. Maybe you've got one sort of betting in season. Then from season two, then you've got promotion up into the A-League. I think promotion up into the A-League is the most important part. And then building <laughs> the promotion into the second tier would be the next stage. So you need to consolidate those sides that are in the second tier. Yep. Um, and maybe a moratorium on relegation for the first couple of years. But yep. they, they need to have it on sporting merit and the, the teams will organically grow into those spaces. The issue I can see there is that, obviously, the A-League runs over summer. Yeah. I believe the National Second Division will be running over summer as well, yeah. so they'll be in sync with each other. But all the other lower leagues, as we know, run over winter. So, mm. you know, you you win, you know, the WANPL and you've won promotion yeah. to the National Second Division, which starts two weeks after the, you know, State yep. League finished. Is that how it goes? And you just play for a solid... Let's, let's see how it goes. But yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. The more football you play, the better you get at it. That's the thing. Yep. All righty. We're going to go to a break and we'll be back after that with Luke Johnson, who is the TD from FMR, which is um, Football Margaret River. So we'll be back after these. Oh, he didn't play there. Hey, hey, it's okay. Futsal WA, the leading yeah. futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. You're listening to Community Radio, powered by passionate football volunteers just like myself. You can appreciate the entertainment by becoming a station member. Hi, I'm Phil Kelly. Chair of the Football West Men's State League Standing Committee. Listen in next for Western Australian local football news. One hundred seven point nine FM, your local station. 107. 
almost sounds almost professional, doesn't it, in the studio <laughs> now. Um, today is a big day for a lot of clubs. Um, second round of the Australia Cup. And there's a lot of teams um, playing from the regions and it's great to see teams like Dunsborough and Margaret River involved and joining us on air now is Luke Johnston who's the TD at FMR which is Football Margaret River. Good morning Luke, how are you? Good morning, yeah I'm good, thanks for having me. I know, thank you for being on. A little bit about um, Football Margaret River I suppose in the first place, you're um, obviously based in Margaret River, lucky you. no, no, but what's what's the club like? You know, do you have um, juniors, men, women? Yeah, so um, I'm I'm new to the the region. I've been here for well, well, maybe four years now. So um, I mean, Margaret River is a be- beautiful place. Um, the the club was founded in 1986, and we've got about well, I think 18 junior teams. So the participation is pretty. It's pretty high um, for being a little, a little town. I think 250 juniors all up, usually each, each season. Uh, we've got four to five senior teams usually each season. We've got two two men's, a Prem and a Resi's. And we've got, uh, for the first time ever this season, we've got two uh, women's, team as, uh, women's teams as well. So we've got our Prem's and our Resi's in there as well, which is brilliant. And we usually have a Masters uh, league as well, but I'm not sure if that will be running this this season. Uh, but yeah, overall the the football scene in, in Margaret River is pretty strong. Like for being a, a little small surfing town, um, we we do we do pretty well down here. We've got some good footballing people down here, and the, things are looking pretty good. And and one of WA's best um, pl- players playing currently in the uh, WA or the A League W. Um, Tash Rigby was a, a Margaret River mm. player. Yes, yes, I've heard I've heard a lot about um, Tash, and I, I have met her before. She has been down here and done a few um, different coaching clinics and that. And Perth Glory Women's actually came down to Margaret River and done a like an open session where we could all come and come and watch, and all the the yeah. young girls got to to meet the players and all that. So. Yeah, Tash um, started her football down here and obviously she's doing amazing things up there with Perth Glory. And yeah, yeah it says a lot for what we have down here. So what's, what's the health of the competition down there? What, what region do you, or what teams do you play against and, and how strong is that comp? Um, well, when I moved here, I, I wasn't expecting it to be um, amazing, to be honest. But like since I've been here, it's um, the, the quality is pretty decent and we've got well in the the Prems division we've got eight eight different teams most of the teams are from Bunbury so that's as far as we'll travel we've got Bunbury United Bunbury Dynamos um, Austrland Dalyellop Dunsborough, Busselton um, and obviously ourselves and I think they're going to be reshuffling the league this year and getting rid of the, the Division 1 league because they've got a, a, a Prem League, a Reserves yeah. and a, a Division 1, but hmm. they've been looking at changing it up a little bit and actually forming just two leagues, the, the Premier League and the Reserves, and getting rid of the, the Division 1. So bringing in teams like Collie, uh, Geograph yep. and Blackwood as well. So, I mean, the... Yeah, the, the comp's doing pretty well down here. There's obviously improvements that we, that could be made, um, but 
being so isolated like what we are, it, it is it, it brings a lot of challenges with um, commitment and uh, obviously participation and yeah. um, not numbers and all that. But uh, I, I feel like we do we do pretty well down here. I'm, I'm fully aware of it. I used to be involved in the Albany scene, so um, having spent a few years down there, um, I mean. The regions are very passionate about their football. Um, the, yep. the the amount of distances you travelled for games is is amazing, mm-hmm. and and the, the commitment for the players and and parents for the kids as well is is just phenomenal. Um, and obviously things like Country Week mean an awful lot because you get to play against people from all the other regions and just yep. see how good you are. Yeah, I mean Country Week is a, a massive thing for the kids down here. It's it's really seen as the the pinnacle for for all the kids um, because obviously they get to test themselves uh, out against um, other regions and just the, the best of the best really and, and that's um, that's what's hard down here with the club football is because they, there might be a, a big gap in between the good players and the, the not so good players so obviously the, the decent players they don't um, really get pushed to that next level and that's what um, Country Week brings for them as well but also this year we've had quite a lot of Football Margaret River juniors push into the the Southwest Phoenix team. Yep. Um, so under the under 14s and under 15s has I think off the top of my head seven eight seven or eight players from Football Margaret River. So yeah, we're, we're pretty happy with that, and we're trying to we're trying to push that as well to try and make that the next level for the kids going forward, just to give that carrot in front of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's it's wonderful to hear that it's so healthy out there in the regions uh, and particularly mm. in the southwest. Um, so, uh, look, a, a great area to to be living in, um, and I suppose that leads me into the next thing: um, participation in the Australia Cup. Um, what does that mean for you as a club and and for the regions? Well, I mean. Um, I- I suppose it's it's used for us as a a challenge in the first place, uh, just something different. I suppose um, we're obviously not in it to to go all the way and win it, but like <laughs> just to to go as far as we can is just an achievement in itself. Um, I, I think back in 2016, our coach Shane um, managed to get through. Five, I think it was five rounds we got through mm-hmm. and eventually, eventually got put out by, I think it was Balga. Don't yeah. quote me on that. But I think, um, yeah, that, that was quite a big achievement for the club. And uh, 2021, we beat Perth Hills and then we got yep. put out by Mandurah. Um, and then last last season, it was Turret Hill we beat and then uh, South Southwest Phoenix put yeah. us out. So um, I, I suppose, yeah, it's something different. We get to challenge ourselves against um, decent opposition and um, it's used as a pre-season thing as well, get the legs going and uh, just a team bonding thing as well because mo- most of our um, rounds have been up in Perth. We've not had any home rounds in the last mm. three seasons. Mm. Well, I suppose, look, the, the thing is, as you say, it's a bonding opportunity for the team as a whole to go up and do it. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, those away trips are, are really good. And I, I know from the A-League perspective, people have been talking about the um, the A-League finals being held in Sydney for the next three years and, and mm. complaining. Yep. Yep. Um, I've been to several Perth Glory finals and the only one that I really remember and really talk about is the Brisbane one because we had such a great time with the trip. And I think if you get robbed of your trip, that's um, 
I know we lost that one, Pete, but that's one I remember. The one I remember yeah. is being at, at Optus Oval yeah. with, with fifty thousand other Glory fans, and yeah. that's now deprived of us. So yeah, yeah, we don't we don't see eye to eye on this point. No, I know, but I, I can remember standing there in a Brisbane bar that was full of orange shirts with me and two other people singing Glory songs, and they were just looking at us like we were mad. But you know, it's great. It was a great trip. Um, yeah, so I think there, there is something in it, and I think you know, Division 1 uh, and 2nd Division also have had Bunbury in the, the league there, and I know it was always referred to as the Fumbury trip, but, you know, <laughs> no, but it was always good, you know. We always went went down there, played a played the game, avoid the, the um, kebab shop, and everything else went, just went along really well. But, you know, there is something in those away trips that make it worthwhile, and I... I get annoyed when I see people forfeiting games yeah. against Boulder and places like that because it's important that we go out there and involve ourselves um, in those games. And I hate to think that you know my club had a game in Boulder and went, no, we're not going. It mm. would be, no, we are, yeah. we're going. I suppose that's why um, a lot of the, the guys sign up for the season as well. I suppose it's not just all about the kicking the ball. It's just that social part of it as well and being, being part of something. Yeah. Being part of that community, that um, small kind of football community, and that um, camaraderie, camaraderie oh, yeah, as well. Absolutely, that's all we're playing the game for in this state. And there'll be some deluded people playing in the NPL who think that they're playing for Man United <laughs> or whatever. But yeah. the the competition in here, and for anyone that's come from a bigger, you know, bigger footballing country like anywhere in Europe, um, would say that the the level here is is nowhere near the levels that we get in you know our home. Uh, home areas, so yeah, by and large, pretty much social competition right up to the highest level here. But you know, it's a controversial view, but I don't mind having one of them. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, the more I the more I play, actually, the more I realise that's what, what that's what it's all about. Like I'm, I mean, I've played at quite a high level myself, and um, my my football that I'm playing just now with Margaret River is probably the most I've most I've enjoyed it, just because it's it's not that yeah. too serious, and every, everyone's in it together, and it's. Um, we're not out, out for like life or death. It's no. just um, it's having, not, having a kick together. It's not life-changing. But the other thing is, I suppose, like you're, you're four years a Margaret River local, so you're 16 years off being counted as a local. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the club is, has, big, has been the hub of your life, so all of your social um, networks have come from the club. The, you know, everybody that you, you associate with, would largely have come from initially from that club. So being in a club is a very important part, particularly in a country town, of um, connecting yourself with community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's um, probably one of the reasons why we've still stuck around in Margaret River because, I mean, we're not into our... Me and my wife's not into our surfing or um, anything else like that. So to, to have that football um, to relate to, it's just like having your own little family within this uh, town and... Everyone sticks in together, and if anyone needs any help, everyone's putting their hand up to to give you a hand, and it's yeah, it's a good community to be part of. It's a wonderful part of living in in country WA, and it's the same wherever you are. With within, I know people in Port Hedland, um, Kalgoorlie, and in Albany it's, have the same experiences. Um, now your your team is largely made up of. Um, Margaret River locals, or do you have some some people who are in Margaret River working in the vineyards on work experience or tourist visas, or what, you know, what sort yeah, of makeup I mean, is your team? I mean, we we have a core group that um, are involved um, every season, but uh, it is a real transient town, so there's a lot of 
travellers who um, sign up. Uh, I would say 50% of our team is probably South American, to be honest. Nothing wrong with um, that. Bit of flair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, that brings its challenges as well because at the start of the season, we all um, we have great numbers and uh, everything's looking good. The quality is good. We've got lots of decent decent players. And then as the the rains come in, the winter comes, and then everyone leaves. <laughs> so yeah. We're just uh, we're just left with the the core group and. Uh, each season we, we start off saying, oh, we're going to win the league this year because I don't think they've ever won the, the Premier League before. And then as the, the league goes goes on, we start to lose players, people move away, yeah. they'll get injured, and then it's the same old story again. And, but, and do you have the same player drain when the <clears throat> the kids get to 18, 19 and they, they go to university in Perth that you lose a lot of players or you know they get jobs in Perth? So you, that... You're all right up until about 18, 19, and then after that, there's, there's a drop-off. Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. But between yeah, 16, 17, 18, that's when we start to lose our mm. our, our good players, our players coming through. They'll go up to Perth, which is um, totally understandable. It's, it's good for them to go out and experience the world, and we just hope that they come back one day and um, mm. or continue to play foot, football up in Perth and then uh, come back to us one day. Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, it was the same in Albany, and I don't think it would be di- any different anywhere else in, in the world. Now, focus on today. You've got a first-team fixture at 5 o'clock with um, Ashfield. Um, Ashfield have made a bit of a day of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've put on a, a big day for it, and um, we, we have to apologise because we did have to um, forfeit our our Rezies game because we couldn't get enough uh, reserve players together. They, they managed to put on a, a friendly game between... Lefty Armour. Yeah. 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 yeah they're they're ca- coming from down Gerald, from Geraldton. Don't feel guilty about it at all. They're just coming all the way from Geraldton. But, you know, don't let that bother your yeah, mind. No, <laughs> no we, do, we do feel uh, really bad yeah. about that. And that, that just sums up um, like the issues we have because yeah. we... We, we had the our annual carnival that we run every year and our numbers were through the roof. Like We had two teams available and then we, we just assumed that we would have those numbers available to go up today. And then, unfortunately, there's a few people that can't make it. People are working. Mm. Um, but, yeah, we do, we do apologise for that. But, uh, obviously, we've got a strong squad coming up for our, our women's team as well. Our women are playing... Beforehand at uh, one o'clock, the Dolphins um, against Lin- Linwood. Yeah, yeah, against Linwood. Yes, yeah. Yep. So Linwood, um, Linwood ladies will be playing at Ashfield uh, as part of the uh, partnership between Ashfield and, and Linwood, which is you know proving beneficial for both clubs. Yep, and um, oh, my wife will actually be playing in, the, in that game, so she yeah. she plays for the the women's the women's team. So I'll, mm. I'll see her up there as well, and. Um, yeah, and then we've got the the Prem's game at five o'clock. We don't we don't really know what to expect from Ashfield, to be honest. And I know um, they've just changed their manager. I think the last yeah. uh, six weeks. Yes, and uh, and they've got a, a young. I've heard they've got a young team, but I was speaking to someone last night who who was saying like every season or so they kind of change. Um, their team around and so I'm, I'm not really sure what to expect to be honest oh, the focus is on youth but there's a good blend of youth and experience now um, but yeah look it'll be a, I think it'll be a good game for all and if you want to watch um, Margaret River playing up in Perth if you've ever been a, a 
football Margaret River player, then head down to Ashfield for five o'clock and give the, the boys the, the support. Right there on the train line. Yeah, easy to get to. Six dollar six dollar pints as well. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Look, it, I think it's a great initiative by the club um, to have not just the one game, but uh, to make it available. And I think you know, obviously, having the women's game as well um, is just another another good initiative because um, it gives you the opportunity now to bond as a club coming up on a trip. Um, yeah, the, the resi's part of it was a bit unfortunate, but you know, look. It's something we can build on as we go forward because I think it's a, a great opportunity for Lafayama to come down and play a team from the regions, um, and that will continue. Um, anyone that's played in the amateur leagues against Lafayama knows they're a great bunch of guys. And yeah, look, it's it's a it's a great road trip, isn't it, Pete? You go it's up there, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. And, and I think you know this this is where we need to. I know there's, there's a tyranny of distance within this state, but we need to close those gaps. Um, the road now to, to Bunbury and to Margaret River are just magnificent. So, you know, whereas it used to be a, a packed lunch and a water bottle, now <laughs> it's, it's quite achievable in, in a very short time frame. And, and sorry, uh, Luke, I did go through your results from the 2016 <coughs> Cup run. Uh, you guys knocked out Belga 2-1 and you knocked out um, Swan United in, on penalties, um, who were both in ah, the right. second division back then. Yeah. So. I and mean, still are. And, and still are. So there's yeah. nothing to say. You can't take um, take Ashfield out as well. It's the magic of the cup. That's right. And that's it. It's the best team on the day will win, irrespective of who they are. Yeah. So I think that's, that's the important part with the cup, is it gives every team, um, whether it's a, a social Div 1 team in, in Perth or a team from the regions, the opportunity to come out and you know compete on a, a level playing field and hopefully win. Absolutely, and it's a, it's a win-win situation, like what you're saying. Um, I, I mean, if we we go up and win, the boys will be absolutely loving it. We'll have, enjoy a few beers on the on the way home and whatever. But if we lose, it's still we've we've, we've been up, we've challenged ourselves, we've got the the legs moving, and um, yeah, we'll be re- ready for the southwest season when it comes along in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, I think yeah, it's winners all round. So look, Rob, best of luck this afternoon, um, particularly in the ladies' game for the misses. Um, <laughs> Not, not so much for the men's game. <laughs> um, and hopefully I'll, I'll touch base with you later on today, but thank you for being on. Thanks very much for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, that was Luke Johnson of FMR Football, Margaret River. and uh, A big day out there at Ashfield for anyone that has played for FMR before. I yep. think it's a, a great opportunity for them to, to come out and support their, their former club. And again, it's one of the uh, the advantages I feel football has over other sports is that you do get cup competitions where you can play literally anyone from the state. Um, you know, as far as I know, you know, footy, you know, I don't, I've never seen a, a waffle team, you know, South Fremantle Bulldogs or someone playing Albany or anyone, as far as I know. No, it's a unique so, competition. I yeah. think, uh, look, the Football Australia, it took the, a while for it to happen. But it, you know, whether it was the FFA Cup or the the Australia Cup, now, um, you know, we're building our own history and our, our own legends, and I think that's the yep. whole point. Yep. Is that, you know, we, we've had teams from Division One, as in Western Knights, um, be in the final in the final yep. of the State Cup, who then gone on to play over East, and yep. I think that's that's the whole. Point. I, I, and I think that just needs to be more widely advertised. I did see Channel Ten sort of pumping up the cup last year a little yeah. bit, like, you know, and I was like pleased about it. But, uh, but, you know, I still get the feeling the, the shall we say, the 
sporting fanatic that isn't a football diehard or an Australian football diehard probably still isn't too aware of the FFA Cup and the fact that it is, you know, literally the only competition in any sport that features clubs from every state and territory in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. And one from New Zealand. And and some cracking games. I think it, I, I termed this the state league elimination round at one stage. But, <laughs> um, no, no, there's lots of good games. We, we've got um, Canning versus the Knights, um, which is yep. a state league, all state league turnout. And we've got um, Kingsley playing Morley, which is another state league thing. Balga versus Wem- Wembley Downs. Um, Maddington Calamunda, which is the, the new the, the White entity, City, yep. White yep. City, yep, are playing um, North, Perth. North Perth. Then you've got June Lup playing Mandra. That would be a good game. Mm, yeah. Um, and then Rockingham versus Murdoch. That would be another cracking game. Mm. Um, Karama, uh, Rockingham versus Naranda? Naranda. Oh, sorry, yeah, it is Naranda. I've got Mandra there, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, Naranda, yep. And, Maybe and not so Perth, cracking. Perth but, AFC hosting... Eaton Darden up tomorrow, so hope, yes. hopefully they're coming up for it. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Karamar versus Quinana. That'd be an interesting game. Quinana always a strong side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Quinns versus Subi. Swan IC are playing Forestfield, another good local derby there. And UWA will play Frio. Curtin are playing Peel. Ashfield are playing FMR, which we've already just mm-hmm. previewed. Yep. Wanneroo versus Joondalup. Uh, a big game out there at Dinella as they come up against oh, Quellup. Yes. Probably the game of the round. The, the, the Balkan Cup. Yeah. And Gosnells versus Balladura. Perth Royals versus Jaguar. That would be another interesting competition. Yep. Both yep. teams well aware of each other. Um, Krakovia versus Mum. Yes. So one of the, the former... Um, the former big sides. Big sides versus one of the current big sides. And uh, who else have we got? Woodvale against North Woodvale Beach. Woodvale versus North Beach, Bustledon versus Port Kennedy, and Hammersley versus South Perth. So if you're in any of those regions or have an interest in one of those clubs, get yourself out there, get involved, go and support your local football. Absolutely. Mm. All right, that's all we've got to say about that then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I think um, obviously you get more sides involved. I don't know in the the first round were there any teams from further out any other regional sides involved uh, yes there were well Dunsborough okay so as, yeah. as we discussed sort of Dunsborough was at home but forfeited so yeah. not quite sure there and similarly Geography Bay Geography Geograph- sorry yeah. was uh, meant to travel to Quinana United but we did have uh, North Perth United hosted and beat Bunbury Dynamos yep so yeah uh, and a uh, yeah, I'll, look, I'll confess, some of the team names I don't actually know where they're from. So, Black Star FC, I don't know if they're a sort of a Perth side or if they're elsewhere. Okay. I'm, I'm going to assume they're a, a local Perth side unless, yeah. you know, the name says otherwise. Yep. Fair call. Uh, no, look, I think it's, it's just interesting. We, we did have um, teams from Kalgoorlie Boulder involved. They haven't been in the last couple of years. And is no. that because teams are forfeited or...? I... I kind of feel that possibly Kalgoorlie Boulder might be a little bit too much of an ask for travel. Um, you know, like, like what is it to get down to Margaret River these days with the new highway? Oh, look, three hours if you stop off at the Twisted Carrot. Yep, yeah, yep. Crooked Carrot. Crooked Carrot. But, yeah, uh, yeah like, as I understand it, Kalgoorlie's... I've never, I've never driven to Kalgoorlie, yeah. but I believe it's like a six-hour drive. About six-hour so, drive, yeah. yeah. That's, 
Yeah, but look, the thing is, if you if you get a coach, six thousand a coach, well, oh, what, yeah, a, what yeah. a bonding experience, <laughs> you know? Well, surely all yeah. teams have a coach. Oh, you mean a bus to ride in? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I was, you wouldn't. I wouldn't encourage any player to drive there and then play a game. <laughs> um, yeah, even on a bus, I think it would, you'd feel a bit wiped out. But look, the thing is, you, you've got to make it um, worthwhile. And, and again, it's a great opportunity. You, you can go up to um, Kalgoorlie, sample the lifestyle there for a little <laughs> bit, and then come back the following day. There's, uh, uh, and that's that. Yeah, that's that's the fun of it. And as you alluded to before, the the away trip to La Fiamma for. Those of us who the peak of our career which, was playing which, amateurs which is was amazing. A, yeah. Which is a similar distance to Kalgoorlie. Four hours, I think, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you know, I mean, four hours, six hours is, <laughs> just blends in. Yeah, true. It's all a blur after a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, we've got to put the effort in. We need to have these teams. And, you know, imagine if it was Port Hedland. <laughs> or I boom. Mean, by then, you'd, you'd need to have sponsorship with an airline. Actually, I think you find that there is a package through Football West that you can apply for. Oh, really? There's an assistance package, yeah. Um, but would that cover the full cost of airfares? No. Not airfares, but it yeah. would certainly cover the cost or, or help towards the cost of your travel expenses. And, you know, the the buses and coaches are quite comfortable. Yep. Yeah. But I think, you know, we, we need to encourage it. And it great opportunity to play people that you'd never... Never play again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you talk about the once in a lifetime experiences, and also with the royalties for regions, um, you'd be surprised at the quality of some of those facilities out there. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't any Albany sides in there. To be honest, I actually don't recall seeing Albany yeah. sides ever in the cup that I can remember. Yeah, they have been. They have yes, been? Yeah, okay. absolutely. There's been a couple. Of, they were in last year's for, okay. for sure. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously. There's a couple of really good sides down there in, in Caledonian and um, Rovers who would always be in these competitions. Yep. But again, I think maybe what we need to do is give them the opportunity to have a, a composite side, you know, or a representative side coming up in the regions. That, that might be a... Yeah, okay. So Albany Caledonian, yeah, last season. Yep. Came all the way here to... Well, again, you know, it's, it's all part of the experience. They got done by Swan United... Uh, seven nil. Yeah. Yeah. But but the thing is that they they made the effort to come yeah, up, absolutely. and I think that's the important absolutely, part. Yeah. And you know, yeah, seven nil this year. But then having that experience every year, you get the opportunity to to build up and you know to improve. And I think that's really what this is about, uh, and bringing the game to the regions. Because I'd love to see Perth sides going out to to the regions. Um, yeah. Again, they they can see what's out there, but also, you know. We're showing them the respect by going. We expect them to come up here, but we yep. don't go back. Yep. So, yeah, um, having been in the regions, I think it's it's highly important that we do. And and last season as well, it was our football Margaret River came up to Southwest Phoenix, which would have practically been a derby for them. Yeah, it would have been. That would, yeah. yeah, absolutely it would have been. All righty, we're going to go to a break and we're back after these with Steve Nielkowski from Kingsway Olympic. Kingsway Olympic. Yep. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth-generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install, or automate your gates, offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Now I believe he's gonna work me into the ground. 
You're listening to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are proud to be the longest-running football show on radio in Australia. Join myself, Penny Tannerhoth, Pete Skeller, Sean Kelly and Hugh Best every Saturday morning in the 10am to noon space. You will hear football conversations with a range of guests and gurus. The show lands as a podcast on our website and you can subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening in to the World Football Program. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. All right, we're moving away from the or the Australia Cup and moving into the NPL. One of the the prime fixtures today will be Sterling versus Kingsway Olympic. And joining us online now is Steve Nelkoski from Kingsway. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm um, uh, oh, excited. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a really exciting and great day for Olympic Kingsway to be uh, back in the top flight. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So you know, yeah. playing that. One of our arch rivals, 70 years of uh, history there with, with Sterling. So it's, uh, it's as good as it gets, really. Yeah, I spoke to you back in 2018. I think you hadn't been the president that long. You were talking about a five-year plan that included um, upgrades to the ground, to the stand, and obviously the team. And with the with the um, purpose of being in the the top league by about 2023. And it's very unusual to find a club that has a five-year plan and then achieves it. So, you know, congratulations on that. Yeah, well, we've got an incredible board and um, football club, really. So we wanted to make sure that we uh, built the club correctly. Um, and then, you know, once we got back to the MPL, we're in the position to uh, to be able to challenge for honours. And that you know, started last week with the night series. But, uh, you know, infrastructure has been really important. Um yeah, I think there's been a chronic underinvestment in, in facilities uh, across Western Australia for our for our elite clubs. Um, so it's yeah, nice to have had uh, so much infrastructure upgrades to the uh, to the venue, and yeah, and they'll be highlighted next week when we turn yeah. you know, three million dollars worth of lights. Wow. Um, so I mean, you've had two point six million for the um, stadium upgrades, and then now three million for lights. You know, it's at five mil. Um, a fantastic investment in your facility, but that doesn't happen without you um, having good connections um, and friends in high places and being able to maintain and, and keep those relationships going. Yeah, I think it's important that, uh, you know, you've got to embrace change and, um, you know, we, we made a bold move um, at the start of, I, I guess, the term you know, that I've been present. You know, we, we tweaked our logo um, which was difficult for some members and you know, incorporated the Kingsway. And, you know, a, a lot of what we've done as, as, as a club has you know, had additional um, components to the organisation. You know, it's not just been football. We've had you know, community markets. We've had you know, bingo. We've had darts. Um, so we've made sure that you know, we can embrace um, all, all sections of, of our community. And, and that's certainly helped us you know, with um, some of the upgrades that we've had. We've made sure that... Um, yeah, we, we, we've got a club for everyone, um, not, not just footballers. And I think that's something that a lot of clubs struggle with. The, there's a number of clubs who, you know, were in the 70s and 80s, um, big clubs with big ethnic backgrounds mm. who, you know, in this day and age, want to have a nod to that 
that history, an acknowledgement of that history, but need to rebrand in a very modern way. And it's it's something that you, you have to manage very carefully because people do get quite emotional. Mm. Yeah, well, you can either evolve or you can dissolve. So it's yeah, yeah. your option nice. if you want to be there in another 20 years to come. But if a football club like Juventus can... Uh, and tweak their logo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's not be too yeah. stubborn here. Yeah, in, in Perth. Yeah, it, it's yeah. So community sports clubs are growing, and there's just not the investment now from uh, local councils to be able to upgrade every facility. Um, so you need yeah, as, as a club, to make decisions carefully and you know, consider long term, not just yeah, uh, see what yeah what what you'd like to achieve in the next few years. But um, if you'd like your club to be there in, in another fifty years and make, make decisions. Yeah, you know, long term, and uh, not just for tomorrow. Uh, how important is your relationship with the local council, and then again with your federal representative? Well, uh, government's uh, stakeholders. If yep. you don't have a good relationship with your landlord, who that's, you know, that's what the city of Wanneroo are, then you're asking for trouble. Um, you know, we have access to our fields effectively twelve months a year, which again we need uh, today in the, in the growing calendar of football. Yeah, it's no. Yeah, Think back to when I used to play. You know, I started in '84. Yeah, you know, a long, long time ago. But the, you know, the, the junior season in those days was effectively, you know, like really April through to September. Yeah. You know, and now it's almost 10, 12 months of the year. Yeah. Um, you need the fields for longer, and uh, you, you need to make sure that yeah, you can have that relationship with the council so they can appreciate it. Yeah. You know, in some ways, it's really sad the amount of requests we get from you know, other clubs. You know, locally who are close to Kingsway who, who, who ring us up and ask us if they can use our field for pre-season um, because they don't get access to their field. Um, you yeah. know, it's difficult to say no because you, you just can't let everyone on it. But no. um, sad for football that other teams don't have access to their field. But also, um, I suppose that you've got summer sports and I know that baseball is very big in your life as well um, and they, mm. need, they need to have an area to play on during the summer. And I know some yeah. clubs who share with Little Athletics and baseball in particular, yeah. or T-ball, have um, issues with the, the grounds being available for both sports. And I imagine, you know, when I've seen some of those baseballs hit fairly hard, the last thing you want one of those is flying through a five-a-side. So, um, you know... Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the regional complex at Kingsway is, um, yeah, I, I, I guess, very um, elite in a way that, yeah, each sporting club effectively has their own precinct. So... Yeah. Um, we, we, we don't have that sharing yeah, oh. scenario, um, and that's why a lot of the uh, the big clubs in you know, the Northern Corridor are basic because they've got access to their fields. Yeah, you know, look, and, and it's, it's cross sports. I know we we have uh, over the years had some issues when um, it's pre season for soccer that the Aussie Rules team down the road are also training on our facility. So um, you know, ground sharing is something we need to get used to. There's not enough. Um, public green space around and then you see other issues with other clubs who have got bigger than the facilities that they're in who are now decrying the fact they don't have those facilities and I suppose look for Kingsway yes um, 70 years ago different story but you've you've maintained you've improved and you you've grown with the club over that 70 year period yeah it's uh Quite phenomenal, really. So it, 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 this year uh, marks 50 years at Kingsway. Um, mm. Yeah, you've, you've got to really appreciate the vision um, of the board members. You know, 50 years ago, who had the uh, foresight to go out to you know, Kingsway, which would have been, you know, um, almost central Australia back out, you know, in those days, and um, you know, put a fork in the ground and say this is going to be our home. 
Um, so, you know, we're a huge part of that area. Um, and it's you know, exciting. Well, the, um, you know, what we've got coming forward you know, in, in, in the decades to come. Um, recently, we just signed off on a new new lease for the city of Wanneroo. So, um, you know, it's, it's great that we're going to be there for at least another, another 20 years. And I suppose the part of that is that you've embedded yourself in the community. As you mentioned already, you've got your, your Saturday markets, you've got other things happening um, almost every night of the week at the club. So it's not just a, a football club, it's a community hub. It has to be. Um, you know, we'd love to think that we can survive on just football, but um, you know, we can't. You, know, you, you need multiple revenue streams to, uh, to be financially sustainable and to make sure that you can maintain um, you know, junior registration fees at a, uh, at a at a price point that's uh, affordable for for members of the community to come, especially if they've got multiple children playing the sport. Um, you've got to be aware of you know the, the cost of living at the moment, and mm. um, you know that, that that's where um, uh, at, at the strength of our club is that yeah you know, we are um, in a position that we can draw on you know revenues from you know, different sources to make sure that we can uh, provide a community club and even yeah with, with, within it um, you know, yeah. uh, prices which are which are affordable for people to come in. So, yeah, looking at some of them throughout the night series at one venue in particular is, you know, are pretty high. But, um, yeah, we want to make sure that we've got um, options for everyone to uh, enjoy the facility. Now, you've got, um, obviously, a very successful junior set-up. You've got a, a successful amateur set-up. Um, do you have or are you thinking or working towards having a women's side? Yeah, absolutely. Look, we... Now, we won't hide our, at this point with well, probably yeah, the, the number of females we've got playing. Um, a couple of years ago, we entered into an agreement to try and you know, to build on that. Yep. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah, it didn't work out for a n- number of reasons. But um, yeah, the, the number of uh, junior teams we've got uh, you know, with females is, um, is improving, needs to be a lot better. And then obviously, yeah, aiming to have one at the women's NPL as well. So um, yeah, being an inclusive club and having equal uh, opportunities for both, yeah. Males, females, boys, girls is important to our board and um, to everyone at Olympic Kingsway. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, with the Women's World Cup, great opportunity to, to start to build on that for all clubs, not just your own. Um, but I'd like to see, you know, the NPL clubs in particular um, having their, their own ladies' teams at whatever level. Yeah, absolutely. So, um you know, it's high on our agenda. Um, you know, we, we need a lot, a lot of work into it, um, but are excited by the challenge of, of being able to build that as well. And uh, hosting Denmark um, in July will be yeah, a big pillar for that. Um, you know, the Danish national team is representatives from AC Milan, you know, Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, Arsenal, etc. So mm. um, we're going to have some high-quality players um, at the club, which is pretty cool for um, you know, all aspiring female footballers. Yeah, now we talk about improvements within the clubs, but also there's been some improvements within the structure of the NPL. I think you missed out in 2020, you finished first in Division 1, mm. but didn't get promoted. Um, mm. Obviously, this year you have. Um, and there's there's been some changes in promotion relegation, which I think are important across all of the Absolutely. leagues. And then, obviously, there's now a shift towards um, professionalism and, you know, the... The national registration guidelines and the apply or compliance with those, and I think you know the word professionalism has been used as a, a dirty word, but we we need to become more professional in how we approach the gaming in this state, and we shouldn't be ashamed to have um, players on professional papers within the league. Your thoughts on that? No, 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 no. We we need to get better, but also just needs to be balanced. You know, with 
commercial revenues coming in. So yeah. you know, I, I certainly support the more you know, uh, the increase in professionalism. But with that comes you know, man hours as well. Yeah. And clubs at the moment still don't have you know, full-time employees to manage all the paperwork. So what we've got is a situation at the moment where you know, the professionalism is, is increasing, but uh, all that work is falling on, onto the laps of volunteers. So, mm. um, yeah, could a club almost do with a full-time, say, yeah, football ops person at the moment? Now, we're, we're not far off it. Um, no. Yeah, there, 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 there's been a lot of work you know, in, in the off-season to, um, to handle um, yeah, the change to... Yeah, this this new frontier. So it's just, yeah, how do we get the revenues up? Well, we don't, obviously we don't have a TV deal like, yeah, say, say the Waffle do, um, you know, through, through Channel 7 or anything like that. So it's just being able to find a balance. But, yeah, yeah. We, we should um, commend Football West. They have been very accommodating, very understanding. Um, you know, certainly with, with the work they've done you know, for Olympic Kingsway, I can't speak you know, mm. what, how they've you know, been with other clubs. But uh, I think they've had a, a great level of understanding that comes from, Someone like Perry Allardy and, and Dan Israel and yeah. even Jamie Harnwell, um, they've said, yeah, we understand. There's a lot coming on to the clubs. Here's a couple of deadlines that we're working to. Let's um, let's try and get to this stage first and, and, and keep going from there. So, uh, yeah, look, I know of at least one... Understanding the landscape. I, I know of at least one Division One club that's been looking at full-time employees. So, um, again, you say it's those, those it's revenue coming. streams. Yeah. And look, the, the, we shouldn't shy away from professionalism. The, the, you know, one of the reasons we lose um, players to the Eastern States is because they have a more professional setup. Um, so yeah. it is you know, one of those things. If we, we can't complain about the Eastern States size robbing our players if we're not prepared to step up and match them. Yeah, they, they seem to have the, yeah, their, their revenues. Um, I, I, look, I haven't done an analysis to yeah. see you know, how, how, how many are, are attached to pokey clubs or anything like that, but that, you know, it'd be a real good case study just to you know, get a better appreciation, understanding of you know, where they're getting all their, their revenue from, um, how to you know, sustain a few of those full-time employees or, or player wages yeah. you know, that they're at um, at, at, at the moment. Um, it'd be a good case study, um, but you know, just some of the, you know, some MPL clubs you know, maybe need someone on you know, 20, 30, 40 hours paid work a week at the moment to, to manage football. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, something oh, look, increasingly as, uh, more likely. As the game evolves, it has to evolve in, in every aspect. We can't just you know, invest in, in players and then you know have no venues to play out of or no fit venues to play out of. We can't invest in, in a venue and then having a huge white elephant whilst we've only got a social side. So, I mean, all of these things need to come together. And I think, you know, the investment in the facilities is fantastic. Um, one of my bugbears is that the, the uh, ground requirements over the last 25 years have actually degraded. I remember um, I played for a club back way back in 89 that folded itself up because they couldn't meet the ground requirements for the following year. Mm. And now those ground requirements are far, far less than it was back then. So I think we need to be having pressure on clubs and I think Football West need to set a, a decent criteria and a decent time frame that you can then go to council and go, this is what we're expected to have for what is the elite competition within what, this league. What What do you mean by ground requirement? You mean just the the, the quality of the pitch or the number of pitches or? 
Oh, no, there, there are teams within the league that expect you to rock up um, bringing your own chair to sit out in, <laughs> in the sun or the rain, yeah. whereas you go to someone like Olympic, which has invested millions of dollars in a decent stand with a decent bar and, and, and a, you know, for the spectator experience, um, that's okay. for the same money. And yeah. I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with... Well, I see someone's got a new scoreboard that says their, their club name and visitor years ago to be in Division 1, you needed to have um, the home side and the away side. That's been diluted. <coughs> Your thoughts, Steve? Yeah, no, that's, that's come back. We, we've had to uh, um, organise yeah, another 11 names for our scoreboard. And yeah. Yeah, there are yeah. um, some, some criteria yeah, for the NPL. I remember yeah. uh, going through that, some inspectors coming out and you know, making sure you've got um, you know, certain PA systems. And you know, oddly, yeah. they looked at how the lines are marked in July and corner flags and things like yeah. that. Look, there certainly needs to be a minimum ground criteria um, to, to, to some degree. Look, and it's, it, some clubs are going to struggle to get upgrades from, from local councils because at the moment so much of the infrastructure um, up, upgrades for, for lights. Um, and it, you know, the days of councils investing millions of dollars into you know, undercover seating for, for more than two, 300 you know, people yeah. are gone. You know, they're, they're just not on... The, on the roadmaps of lot of local councils at the moment, so um, yeah, we need to be you know, strategic in, in in how we um, apply for those funds. You know, it's great that you know, the football centre received thirty two million. Now I'd, I'd like to see another hundred million you know, put into that centre and you know, giving it something that you know that the sport deserves for the amount of participants we've got, um, yeah. and then making sure we've got some good satellite um, you know, venues off that as well um, yeah. in the right spaces um, across the uh, across the metro area, so we can continue to grow. In all areas, yeah. Again, I have a controversial view on that one. I think that every single club is the, is the home of football, and the the administration side of it is slightly different. But um, you know, I'd like to see more infrastructure upgrades around the place. I think you know, for someone, and we're, we're in entertainment business. I, I guess suppose. yeah. The only the only issue we've got with that is you know, we're we're a completely different model, say, to the waffle. The waffles yeah. remain at however many clubs they are these days. I don't know. Eight, eight, eight or nine, yeah. yeah nine, so yeah. they can invest a bit in those um, in those facilities. Where if you look at you know, the uh, the ecosystem of, of football um, and with promotion relegation, it's very very difficult for all clubs to um, ask for investment in facilities when you, know, you could be up and down like a yo yo yeah. over a mm, period yeah. of time. If we settled on you know, twelve or ten clubs or whatever that may be, then yeah. asking for facility upgrades because they're going to you know will be become like the waffle may become. An easier conversation, um, but when you get that yeah, that ecosystem that football's got, yeah, um, a, li- a little bit trickier. So, but uh, I suppose I look, clubs should be cautious not to expand beyond their capabilities, and you know that means on the park as well as off it. So, you know, they and and their com- community capabilities. If if you're running a club that's you know relatively new, and um, you're trying to expand beyond that, you know, you're in a, a dog-walking park with no facilities, then NPL should be beyond you until you can get to that point. And you've, I suppose, got to know where you are within the eco-structure. But there are teams and there are clubs, and I know there's teams um, down in Piara Waters that are growing because that's a very growing area and the infrastructure has been invested in. So, you know... There are capabilities, but then, you know, if you look at your doorstep, you can you can stand on your on your balcony and see another club just on the other side of the road. So, um, it's quite concentrated up there in the northern suburbs. So, really difficult 
for... Oh, yeah. Well, look at Joonlup United. They're, they're, they're a great example. Yeah, of, uh, yeah. A football club crying out facilities, yeah. Mm. Well, they spread across yeah, three or four different uh, parts. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, this, this is a club that's uh, yeah, it's had, yeah, a really good, yeah, um, rise at, yeah, at one stage and probably, yeah, the lack of facilities has, yeah. has hurt their, um, you know, the development or being able to sustain playing at the elite level. So... Um, and then, yeah, I, I guess if we looked at things where you, you talk about sitting on the balcony and saying the noisy neighbours, you know, Wanneroo, and then yeah, you've got Woodbow, it's got a really good junior yep. setup. You've got Kingsley, uh, Chichester, who have had a, um, an upgrade in their yes. facilities from, yep. uh, you know, the city of Joondal up. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of clubs within you know, just a one kilometre radius, let alone, you know, if, if we stretch it yep. out to a five or ten. Uh, but, you know, if we wind the clock back to, to 2018, um, Normo was your coach. You were playing mm. out of a, a facility which had been left fallow for some time and, and needed some love. You've, you've come in and your five-year plan hasn't just been an on-part plan, it's been an off-part plan as well. And you've grown within the capabilities of your um, facility and the, the team and the, the club have grown together. And I think that's that's a good model for anyone else who's on the outside looking in going, why can't we have what they've got? You worked hard yeah. for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, good good players want to play um, at, at good good with good facilities as well, yeah? yeah. So we, we need to make sure that um, you know, the facility matches the ambition. Um, but it's only been possible uh, through the... You know, the hard work of so many, not just the last five years, but you know, putting us in this position oh. in the previous you know, six, 65 years, really. Yeah, um, without a family, doubt. Family you know, springs to mind and um, as one of, you know, uh, yeah, long-time supporters who have helped the club through, you know, through tough times. So, mm. um, yeah, as we celebrate 70 years this year, mm. um, it, it's, it's great to be back. And, and what, um, what a way to celebrate it. For 24 years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just awesome, yeah. Sterling Macedonia today, it's just... It's, you couldn't have written a better against. script, could you, really? <laughs> you know. No, and then, and then next week at home against yeah. Florida Athena. So our two arch rivals, bang, bang, yeah, week one and two. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah we've, we've embraced the challenge and in some ways thank Football West for <laughs> <laughs> uh, organising yeah. the fixtures they have because, yeah, we've, we've seen the, uh, you know, the comments from members and uh, supporters from over the decades who are, yeah, who are excited by yeah. you know, this fortnight. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. And I suppose you, you touched on it earlier about sustainability. Uh, we, we've had a lot of clubs that have gone up to the NPL for a season and then they've, they've fallen back out within, within one or two. Yep. Um, I don't think Sterling will do that this year either. And I think, you know, with what you've got in the background, you've built uh, a sustainable club. And I think, you know, this is the problem when you, you grow too quick is you, you end up going up, but then you get found out very quickly. And there's teams that are struggling now in Division 2 that were at the in the top league a few years ago, but their facility is exactly the same as it was when they were playing in, in the NPL. Yeah, we sort of like thought that yeah, we needed needed two years in every league as, as, as we worked through yep. uh, you know, the, the, the promotion um, to getting back into NPL. So then when we took... took um, took charge in some ways, you know, two years to work our way through uh, Division 2, then two years to work through, you know, Division 1, et cetera. So, and, yeah, look, the, the year that we won um, with Gary Williams, we, we knew what the rules were yes. um, at, the, at the start of that season during COVID. And, you know, to be fair, I've, you know, I've said it publicly a few times, we, we voted against promotion and relegation um, that season, so we you know, certainly didn't feel cheated or 
um, hard done by or anything like that. I, look, I think lots of clubs were in exactly the same position. The COVID year was just one of those ones where you went, if we can get teams out playing, that's the win. And yeah. promotion relegation is not an important issue. So uh, I commend you on that, yeah. Well, football, you know, football West put it to vote. Yeah. And we voted against it. And football was the winner. Yeah, and we certainly weren't hard done, yeah. hard done by you. Because that, that was a season where you know, we had, I think we played maybe 10 games. And yeah. uh, the top six teams went into it second thing and to be fair to the Western Knights so nine points clear when you know the table was scrapped so to speak yeah. you know, that, that I, I know year. so yeah. Um, yeah so we thought two years each way to work through and we had to make sure that we are financially smart about how, how we work through you know making sure uh, build, building squads etc etc so you know, we've been blessed you know to have um, you know initially Normo you know come in and lay the foundation to, to build the club and then you know Gary Williams uh, was an outstanding coach then yeah. I think we've got Someone who's just exceptional at the moment in David uh, Tuff. Who, um, Tuffy a while, yeah, he's an exceptional coach. Just, 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 just phenomenal. It's hard to think yeah. how he wasn't poached from uh, you know, June like before you know, before we took him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do scratch, I do scratch my head. Yeah, often thinking with um, and thanking you know, really the football world for, for giving us David and, and, and his family there um, yeah, alongside Ross Edwards and you know, Willie McNally. Yeah. But a, um, yeah, a really good. Um, coaching staff and you know it's awesome to see people in like Derek Watt you know one of the big names you know from yep. late 70s and early 80s have you know, come back and I you know, love watching every game and all, all, all the uh, you know players from yesteryear who, who are supporting us you know, I think I spotted about five or six last week at the uh, night series grand final you know, and just on the night series grand final um, yeah. the, the night series obviously everyone wants to win it um but what does it actually mean to the club? That's your your first bit of top flight silverware in a long, long time. Mm. Um, it must yeah. have been a really special moment. Well, it's nice because we've, we've lost three tops, uh, three nights uh, grand finals in the yeah. past four years. So it was good to finally uh, get get one of those. Uh, look, we the night series is great because it's, it's a fantastic way to continue having uh, you know, quality games in the lead up to the season. Um, I, I thought the event was exceptionally well run by Football West. We're two. Great finals, a huge crowd. Bayswater as a venue was superb, yeah. The extra yeah. pyrotechnics that they had invested in yeah, add, added to the great occasion. For us, yeah. I guess, to be back in the top flight, uh, yeah, it was a nice, it was nice icing on the cake. But, gee. The hard work starts this afternoon. Yeah. Three points against Sterling. So, I, I, yeah, I, I, I still don't, I still remember the day like it was yesterday when Dad drove home in 1985 and Sterling relegated us. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was a you know, seven year old kid and I like it, you know. I, I, I can still remember, his, you know, Kings were driving in to the house and him you know, with his thumb down, and you know, we were gone. You know? Yeah, yeah. Our tribe had sent us to, to Division Two, so um, yeah, there's uh, a lot of history there between the clubs, and it's hope that you know there's, there's a huge crowd there. They've got all the facilities still up from you know, the Perth Glory season, so um, yeah, let's hope the occasion's marked by a beautiful, yeah. you know, strong attendance on a Saturday night, and then we'll uh, we'll replicate it next week against Florida. And, and a quote from um, the uh, July 4 movie, um, Hello, boys, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah, look, we, we're not, 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 not here to make up the numbers either. So, no. Um, yeah, we, we think we've got a squad that's competitive and can, can push yeah, um, yeah, the favourites all season. And, uh, yeah, great faith in what uh, David Tuff and Ross Edwards are doing. And, yeah, it's a really exciting six months ahead. Absolutely. Look, congratulations to you and the club. And uh, we'll follow you with great interest over the next few weeks. Yep. Um, so thank you for being on.
appreciate the chat. Thanks <coughs> for the rally coverage and the support of football. Thank you. Okay, Steve Nelkowski and um, the Kingsway Olympics. Sorry, but it's great to see someone who's actually set out a five-year plan and achieved it. And, and it's worked, yeah. Well, I look, at, and it doesn't happen without a lot of hard work. And, you know, look, Steve's got a lot of good personal connections, um, but that's all part of what should be happening. And you've got to engage yourself with the community. You've got to engage yourself with the council, no matter how much you think they might be a, an Aussie Rules Council. you just got to keep knocking on the door. Yep, true. Yeah. Uh, if we go over to something else, just yeah. quickly, um, as we probably are all aware, uh, Australia in the under-20 FIFA um, Asian Cup yep. uh, went down on in a penalty shootout a week ago yes. uh, to Uzbekistan. It was hosted in Uzbekistan. Yep. Um, Ex-Glory player was was our goal scorer in the one-all draw, Popovich. Yep. Um, and, yeah, penalty, went down on penalties 5-4. Segacic missed the fifth penalty, so... That's what we get for relying on a Sydney FC player. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, proceeding from that, that actually knocks us out of the under-20 World Cup as well. So it's a shame. quarterfinal winners, and especially a shame because the, the World Cup is in Indonesia. So mm. right on our doorstep. Would have been great to go for that one. Was it, was it just me or did some of those players look like they were over 30, but <laughs> Uzbeks? Well, yeah, you know, um, for what it's worth, Uzbek uh, also beat South Korea in a penalty shootout yeah. uh, in the semi-finals, and the final is on today: uh, Uzbekistan versus Iraq. So I don't know if I've got, I've got a feeling that would be on Paramount. Yeah, um, but I haven't actually checked. So that's some no, stunning research from me there. You're right; it should be on Paramount, but we'll <laughs> yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, all right, we're going to go to a break very shortly, and we'll be back with um, Greg Farrell from WA Futsal. Um, Shortly. Shortly. We'll be back after these. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432. 745140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Cristiano Ronaldo, Wayne Rooney, Veron. Hi. I'm Peter Skeeler. Everyone seems to think I'm the ultimate wingman and full of helpful information. It's true, I am. My passion is trivia and Australian football statistics. Check out aleaguestats.com, my website where you can follow all the stats and results from the men's and women's A-leagues from the beginning of time, or at least 2005 and 2008 respectively. You're listening into the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle and we appreciate you tuning in. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. 
Now, whilst he might be really up there on the stats, he's not so much up there on the TV guide stuff. So, uh, a correction, it's not on Paramount. It's you might have to get in some dodgy um, gambling streaming to, yeah, to keep, watch the game. keep closing all those pop-ups as they happen. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's if you want to watch the final of the under-20 under 20 AFC Championship between yep. Uzbekistan and Iraq. I'd rather watch the Glory Women and the Glory Men. Well, the Glory Women are kicking off at 12 today. I was yeah. thinking somehow last time they were playing at 10 o'clock, I was on the radio as well. I don't know how I seem to be the one that's always on air when the Glory are playing. You're but, just uh, lucky, mate. You're just <laughs> lucky. I can remember one day watching, I think it was Australia playing on the TV monitor. Very distracting when you're on air. I do remember us doing the, from the from the Olympic Games, yes. um, doing the live updates of yeah. the penalty shootouts. I know, that was extremely distracting. Yes. All right, um, someone who loves his women's football is Greg Farrell, who joins us now from WA Futsal. Greg, good morning. How are you? Good, gentlemen. How are you guys? Brilliant. Um, great day for football. We've got the NPL starting today. We've got the uh, the Australia Cup starting today. So the season started for for real, which is really good for us. Um, the women's NPL is just a little bit slower in starting. Um, have you been going with your pre-season? Yeah, it's been going well. Um, we've had the the night series, the night series finals tomorrow night. Yep. Um, my my Subiaco side is coming together quite well. We've got quite a large large group of new players that come into the club in the eighteens, the twenty ones and the first team. So preseason's mostly been about getting everybody to gel and making sure we're all on the same page, but that's gone quite well. That's good. And we've got the uh season starting next week. Yeah. And and look I look at sides in there and I think, you know, Perth, um, new the competition started now to be a very Perth-like side within the competition. I think, you know, the stronger that becomes, the the better everybody else is. So, um, you know, and Subiaco, long, long time uh, women's uh, teams um, will also get stronger as, as time goes by. Yeah, well, and that was, it was a big thing about Football West making the move and starting the NPL for women was that it would have a, a flow-on effect where the expectations and everything else are then increased. The mm-hmm. visibility of the league improves because the game's streamed. Yeah. We get a better quality of referee because that's what's required for the level of the league and then the facilities and everything else have to improve as well. Oh, Clubs yeah. have to become more sustainable. Yep. Yeah. And it will have a, an effect. It's probably a little bit too early still to see much of it, but in the next couple of years, there'll be a noticeable effect. Yeah. And I think you know we've got this opportunity with the Women's World Cup um, being held in Australia this year to to leverage off that because it, it's a massive opportunity for us. Yeah. Well, and that is also a very big thing. There, uh, I guess the following that the Women's World Cup will have, um, even just with with school students and people who don't necessarily love football but follow it, the, the following will then generate more and more possibilities and, and options for for clubs and for players and families to take advantage of. Mm, the more yeah. people we can attract to the game, the better yeah. off we are. Oh, without a doubt. Now, last year you had Lisa Devanna uh, in your setup and helping out with the, the training. Is she still around or...? Uh, she, she hasn't been around up until this point. Um, she has been in contact with Artie and, and 
there are still possibilities there, yeah. but she's got other things happening at the moment. Um, yeah. But she was she was terrific last year, and if there was a possibility to get her back in, we'd jump at it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, hugely experienced and, and influential in the game. So, yeah, look... Just like keep tabs on her because she's a terrific person and uh, very much loved footballer. Um, oh, yeah. Now, the Matildas, obviously we're talking about the, the World Cup and the, the lead-in to the World Cup. I was just going through the, the uh, matches that they've got lined up. So, obviously, in April, we're playing uh, Scotland. Um, and then April, April 11th, we've got uh, the game against England, two very big games, both of them being held over in, in England. Your thoughts on those? Well, I think the, the more big games we can get, the better off we are. Yeah. Like we've seen, we've seen the, the situation in the past where we've gone into tournaments not prepared from having high-quality games, and you're never as successful. Yeah. No. Like the, the games where we've been beaten well by, by Brazil, by Germany, by the U.S., have always led to better tournaments because there are, I guess, more situations for you to look at the things that you've done wrong and things that we can make better. It was the same with the Socceroos when we got hammered, like, what, 6-0 twice in a row. Yep. There was a an inquest and then a lot of change came from it. And it was the same with the Matildas. Gustafsson has had some results where people have sort of gone, oh, my God, that's terrible. Mm. But it's a part of preparing for a tournament is trying things, and you're not always trying to win. No. You're you're working on systems and you're working on new ideas, giving players opportunities, and because of that, mistakes happen. So it's about... You've got to look at other things as well. So if you've got, um, you know, a huge reliance on Sam Kerr, for example... If teams have a strategy to nullify her, then you've got nothing behind it. And if she gets injured, you've got no one else to fill the gap. So you've got to try games without your stars in. You've got to try different combinations. You've got to give people a responsibility they're not used to. And I think that's all part of this build-up. But when you look at the, the lineup for the friendlies, back in Australia, just prior to the, the comp, we've got uh, France on the, first, the 14th of July. You've got Ireland on the 20th, um, Nigeria on the 27th of July, and Canada on the 31st of July. Now, they're all of them cracking games, and in in a very short time frame, which going into a competition, you need to be building on. Yeah, well, and, and it was... like You, you don't only have to look as far back as the, the last the Spain game. Yeah. Like the way that we played in that game indicates how well... Australian football can be played yep. when we have the right systems, the right situations to make it work. But having more games of a high level in very quick succession can only be good for us. Oh, without a doubt. And I think when you look at it, uh, Gustafsson had his um, detractors early on. He was learning about his team. They were learning about him. It's certainly coming good. And I think the... Uh, the recent uh, tournament, the um, Cup of Nations, they, they were a, a very, very different combination going into that and obviously coming out of it as the winners was, was a fantastic result. Yeah, and that's... 
you you have to give people the opportunity to uh, get accustomed and acclimatised to new situations. And I think with international football, especially, like I think he was with the United States women's national team for one or two World Cups and Olympic Games as an assistant. Um, the guy is very, very qualified. And yes, he's done things that I disagree with and everybody else disagrees with. But at the end of the day, he's the one with the job. Yeah. Um, and if Football Australia have hired him, they should back him until, I guess, it's that old saying where a... Um, an owner appoints a coach and then has to sack the coach, maybe they're going to look at themselves as well. Mm-hmm. If if the, the hiring process isn't correct, then it's not really the coach's fault. Yeah. He's done everything that he could do, and now we're reaping the benefits of it. Now, I don't but know I if you... There's, if there's a lot can... of impatience that shouldn't happen. I don't know if you've done something different with your phone, but I can hear mm-hmm. myself coming back through, and you're a bit robotized, but might be difficult for the listener. Um... But anyway, look, move, moving forward, um, your thoughts on on Australia and and do we dare dream this year being a home a home final? Was, is it, sorry, is that a little bit better? Oh, that's much yes. better. Yeah, no, thank you yeah, for that. Sorry, um, no, no. Um, yeah, well, I mean, with the Matildas the way that they are, the players that we have, if we were to get that far, you'd almost have to say that the crowd's going to be a little bit extra on their side. And it, you, you only have to look at historical World Cups. How many home nations have won World Cups on the back of the support that they receive? Absolutely. So, and I think if, what's, if what's, what's very different now is we've got a number of women who are not just playing in the higher leagues within Europe, but they are also within the best teams and they're also within the best players of those teams. So before pressure was something they weren't used to, now pressure is very much part of their game. And I think that's one of the the big differences I see with the Matildas is we're not just making up numbers. We, We do have probably... You know, eight or nine players within the top twenty or thirty. So it's a it's a very different kind of Matildas. Yeah, and that's like you look at Sam Kerr, Steph Atley, well, ho- hopefully, fingers crossed, she's back. Caitlin um, Ford, Ellie Carpenter. Yeah. Yep. Like you say, you've got a whole bunch. Like the the twenty or twenty five players in that squad are all going to be in the top two hundred or two hundred fifty players in the world. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. There's now that, and but that also brings itself a different pressure, is that they're not the underdogs anymore. It's not the old, oh, it's Australia. They're going to run around really hard and kick people, and we could get away with winning good games because we were underdogs. Now yeah. people expect us to win, and there's a target on your back. Yep. Yeah, but isn't that called an evolution? And and wouldn't we rather be the new Brazil <laughs> than, than oh, you know, much, and have people chase much, us? Much be in definitely yeah much much better position to be in and i think you know look there's there's that much opportunity now for women it's a really big growth area um as you yourself know there's women now playing professionally across the world in a number of of theaters and not just in the 11 side game but also within futsal so all of that professionalization is massive um and i know some of the players have struggled with the fitness and with the you know the 
the soft tissue injuries, but now we're over that, and I think this is, is a brilliant time for women's football, particularly for Australia. Yeah, and, and like any evolution, as you just said, requires sacrifice and it, and it causes upheaval and, and issues, but once you then adapt to it, as you say, everything then has the platform to progress from there. And there'll be, there'll hopefully be another one of these in a few years' time, and we're we're no longer sort of fourth or fifth or sixth in the world, and potentially competing with number one or two, but we're actually at one or two or three. And in mm. the men men's game, where we're getting back to the levels that we we had fifteen or twenty years ago, but playing the sort of football that we did under Ange Foster Coglu. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I, the, that evolution has to continue to happen and there has to be another one and then a period of sort of plateauing and, and making sure consolidating and then another evolution has to happen. Yeah. And that's how growth occurs. Yeah, I, I was going to say with <clears throat> with the current Women's World Cup, it's it's almost a case of now or never, I feel, because a lot of our star players are at their peak, like age-wise, mm. we're talking, you know, 27, 28. Um, I don't know for women whether that's sort of the prime age. It obviously is for men, uh, for male athletes. Um, but, you know, your Sam Kerrs, your Caitlin Fords, they're all, they're all right now, they're at that age. So it's like the stars have lined up for us for this um, World uh, no, Cup, think, as, as plus us hosting it. I think some of, some of the women are evergreen. I, I actually played with Penny during the weekend, <laughs> and she still got it. Yeah, well, you, well yeah. I'd love her to get a call up for the Matildas, <laughs> um, and I'm sure she would as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's almost a case of, um, you know, this particular World Cup coming up, I mean, like you say, dare to dream, but touch wood, you know, the yeah. stars are sort of lined up, and having said that, we'll lose our first Absolutely. two games and be out, but now that I've yeah. fixed it, yeah. I know, it'll be great. Um, now, away from uh, Matildas and, and the World Cup, um, you've got the Super League of Futsal starting today, or uh, round, sorry, round 18 today, isn't it? Yeah, we've got round 18 on. We're um, at a different venue today. We normally play in Subiaco, but we're up at, at Kingsway Indoor Stadium in Madley because the, um, the state government are holding gifted and talented testing um, oh, at, yeah. at Rodden in Subi, so... So you're you're still at Subi whilst they're doing anything at, at Kingsley? No, no, I'm up at Kingsley at the moment. Did um, we say for talented getting tested? I thought that you'd be there su- at Subi, mate. <laughs> oh no, no, yeah, I, I I don't have to do those tests. Okay. Are, yeah. All right. So uh, round eighteen, looking good for for the comp at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah. The the league's going really well. The the senior players. Um, we've got some earlier games today, but. It is all going well, um, and the the juniors will be starting back next week. Um, sorry, I've actually just gotten a message um, from a football supporter from the MPL. Just sorry to go off football for a minute, yeah. um, but about the women's MPL, I won't name this person, but they've said, could we discuss why in the fourth year of the women's MPL, we still only have four live stream games per week, when and I've been sent a from the Victorian National Premier League. Yeah, they are live streaming their MPLW, MPL One, MPL Two, and MPL Three. 
Look, the the streaming agreement was signed with, with Football West, so I've had no input into it, and I I agree with you that it should be, and I I thought MPLW was part of that streaming agreement. So, but, yeah, but, MPLW is, but not then the divisions below, like the... Yeah, yeah. I was, was going to say, but, there but are, in the, there in are the men's, four. Yeah. In the men's, you've got Division 1, which is being broadcast, but no mention of Division 2, which has been around for 10 years or more. So, you know, it... We're being equally ignored. So, yeah, I, I don't disagree, but I don't know what the agreement was with the, the streaming people. But, yes, look, um, other states still do it better than us. Yeah. We've, I think this year will be better because of, of who we've aligned with, but um, there's always an opening to, to open it up to those other leagues. And I agree, we, sh- we should be showcasing football at all levels. Yeah, well, and... To, to bring that back to futsal, we um, we live stream all of our top division men's and women's games. Yeah. Um, and and I, I agree that Football West are doing better. But having gotten that message this morning, I just thought I'd bring it up because it is a good point that last year, like last year there was progress. We had more games live streamed. But I do think that it's something that needs to continue to happen so that there is like... Because this season now is going to be a plateau if it's the same as it was last season. Maybe we'll get more commentated games. Hopefully, it will be a little bit better quality because there was quite a few issues with the women's live stream games last season. Um, but I think that sort of thing has to continually develop and improve. And it's something that we pride ourselves on with our Super League competitions is that we do stream out the men's and the women's equally. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's one of those things we, we just got to get better at. But, you know, early days and, you know, we, we've got to give the, the kudos to um, Football West for partnering with Channel 7 for that streaming service and, and making yeah, it happen. And, and that, is, that is definitely a very, very good move. Mm. Um, but like I said, I think you can... The, the two aren't mutually exclusive. Having yeah. a better situation and having more volume as well are possible at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Oh, look, and I know a number of people that have streamed games from their mobile phones. It's not that hard, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so I don't think I've caught up with you since the um, Sydney National Camp um, and you took some teams over there and I think the, the 15 girls and the 10 boys did extremely well. Yeah, so our, our 15 girls... Uh, finished national champions, and the the eleven boys and the six, uh, sorry the ten boys and the sixteen girls finished runners up. Wow! Um, mm. So we also then had a few, well, we had more than a few semi finalists. Uh, our senior women, and um, from memory, I think it was like our thirteen, fourteen boys. Yeah. Um, so some quite good results. But that's I'm, but you're over over the east for first time in a long time. Yeah, first time in three years. So yeah. it was it was good to catch up with people who hadn't seen in a while and it was nice to beat some of them, yeah. um, <laughs> as it always is. But, yeah, it, it's always good to, to go and test yourself. And having not been able to be at the tournament for a few years, it was um, nice to get back into that level. Yeah, and look, to get so many teams into semis and into finals obviously shows that the health of, of futsal in the state is in good hands. Yeah, well, and we've, having not been able to to go over for other other things because of COVID, 
we've spent a lot of the last several years really concentrating on what we do here. Mm. And that, that's been a, a big a big positive for us because there has been such an enormous growth in the game at the grassroots. But we've also then been able to improve the higher level as well. Yeah, and within that, have you managed to wean yourself off the hand sanitizer? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. I've actually walked past hand sanitizer three times today at Kingsway Indoor Stadium, and I haven't touched it once. <laughs> oh, look, the therapy's working, mate. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a strange thing, isn't it? We, The way of life that we have now, you see hand sanitizer everywhere. Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the new norm, isn't it? All right. Look, thank you very much for for joining us um, and for what you do within football, but also women's football overall. Always good to talk to you because I know you've got an opinion on everything, which is great. Um, <laughs> no, no. Look, it's, it's not a problem, um, and I think you know it's healthy that we we're critical of the competition organisers in some areas but you know it's constructive criticism and that we're also supportive of them within their endeavours because you know um, a lot of this stuff is new and and as we all climb out of COVID things are are changing and the MPLW is still very new so I think we we just need to you know balance it out yes we we can reach for the the stars yeah well and I I went to the the launch midweek and and spoke to to Dan at Israel a few times, and like they're doing an excellent job. There's yeah. no no two ways about it. Is that they are doing a very good job, and we're in an isolated place, so there are challenges. Mm. But I think there's there's always feedback that should be given, yeah. while also making sure people are aware that we do appreciate what they do. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. it's very easy to be critical without coming up with some of the answers yourselves and, and clubs and people, particularly people not involved in clubs, very quick to blame the competition organisers for things which they're not responsible for. But there we go. Yeah. All right, Greg, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good weekend. You too. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, that was Greg from Futsal WA, um, or WA Futsal. Um, anything, any thoughts in closing, Pete? No, just... Go the glory, both teams today. Yeah, and Elsie got two weeks. He did. He did. I did see the got the, shared on I Facebook. I know, but the but the challenge itself was clumsy. There was really no it wasn't it wasn't a, a, a two foot two foot sliding tackle from behind. It was Look, I'll share some yeah. irony with you as I was in the shed at the time and it being a Friday night game, I'd come straight from work, so yeah. I was a little bit less uh inebriated than I normally would be. Oh, okay. Having only had yeah. one light beer at the time. And yet, ironically, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't even realise he'd got red carded until about five minutes later here. when I'm yeah. counting how many we got yeah. on the pitch. And I'm like, hang on a sec, has, did, did, did one of our guys get red carded? So sort of the irony being I was more aware than I normally am in the shed and yet had no idea what was going no, on. It was one of those send-offs. That I thought, hang on, we are short a player. What, what happened? But what a belter of a game. Oh, I mean, defend yeah. like crazy. Cameron Cook had a yeah. blinder and then every time... There was, there was one shot in particular in the first half I thought Cook was yeah. beaten. Well, he was beaten. And Luckman just stuck his leg out and it still looked like it was going to go so, in the goal. So off the post, yeah. one of the crossbar, yeah. crossbar. One of the best games ever. Yeah. All right, thank you all for listening. Lenny's in with the DJ show right now. And I think it's Hugh next week. But uh, thank you for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.